Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. As always, my name is Chad Michael Bell, and I'm your host for Hindsight is 2200. And thank you so much for clicking back on another new episode. If you missed the last episode, I sat down with teacher of visually impaired students. That is TVI, Miss Lois Phillips. And we basically sat down and talked through the curriculum that TVIs will help teach um, visually impaired students. So basically helping them with life skills, accessible technology, um, you know, access to education. It was a great episode. Um, Lois Phillips was actually my TVI when I was going through grade school. So it was great to catch up with her and actually talk everything TVI. Again, if you ever have questions for any of my guests, you can always email me at cmbouton, B-O-U-T-O-N, cmbouton at yahoo.com. Anyways, enough about last episode. Let's talk about today's episode. Have another great guest Thank that I'm so thankful that he allowed me to talk to him today. Um, his name is Shane Lowe. Um, he is with Mediate, which is the developer for an amazing state-of-the-art AI technology called SuperSense. It's an application that I've actually been using for quite some time now, ever since I found out about it. And I think a lot of people are going to really like what we have to talk about today. So please help me welcome my guest today, the great and powerful Shane Lowe. <sighs> that, that's yes. my Budokan impression. Just, yeah, thank the, you. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know. Thanks so much for having <laughs> Always, me on, Chad. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, uh, thank you so much. It. Yeah, it's great to get to talk to you. Um, you know, we we've talked quite a lot off air, um, back and forth. Um, you know, I just think you're a, an amazing person. You have a great story, and um, you're working with a great company that's making a lot of difference for visually impaired people. So I appreciate you sitting um, sitting out with me today. Thank you. Back at you, man. I love your energy. You're, <laughs> you're you've always been super down to earth with me. We've always had great conversations, and uh, I feel like that's why we're still in touch. Yeah, absolutely. You're great people, and I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you uh, for that. Yeah, not a problem at all. So, um, you know, before we get into the you know the deep end, and you know, just talk about all this uh, you know minor and major you know technical stuff with the application, you know. How about we take some time and, uh, you know, get to know you a little bit better. So if you wouldn't mind um, just introducing yourself to my guests, uh, I think that'd be a great way to start. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you got my name. I'm Shane Lowe. <laughs> I am 22, about to graduate in May with a business management degree. Um, I am from Louisville, Kentucky. I spend a lot of my time there, uh, but I also spend a lot of my time out west uh, in Owensboro, Kentucky with my son, Kason. He's five. Um, and we, we do all kinds of stuff, man. Um, when I'm, you know, when I actually have free time, uh, which is a, which is a rare myth of mine. I love reading. Um, I love, I'm a percussionist. I'm a drummer, a percussionist. Uh, I love live music. I'm going to a lot of concerts, do a lot of live audio engineering, uh, which is a blast. And then of course, um, professionally, I am community operations director for SuperSense. Um, we are owned by a company called Virtual Collaboration Research Incorporated, um, which is a just the company that developed SuperSense. Wonderful people out there. Uh, big shout out, big up to you guys. Um, and I also run a platform called Venom, which is a not-for-profit streaming platform uh, that's been around since 2019. So I never get bored. I always <laughs> have a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And um... I follow Venom on um, Twitter and everything that you guys do there. You know, think it's funny great. that you say that. Venom is about to follow you back on Twitter. I thought I saw that the other day. <laughs> well, 
you know, breaking news, everybody, here on the podcast. You heard it first. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, here you are. Yeah. All right. Follow you. Okay. <laughs> We're set now. Uh, that's awesome. This is great. This is going to be an awesome episode. I can already tell. It's got good energy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you do a lot. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, it's it's amazing, you know, all that you're able to juggle. And, you know, it's, you know, you're still very young. You're already so successful um but you know you're also doing it while giving back to the uh, the visually impaired community uh, uh you know i don't you know of course people probably don't know this but you yourself are actually visually impaired that's true i always forget to say that when i <laughs> intro myself yeah not a that's problem. really important to me um, <laughs> giving back to the community I, i'm a really community oriented person i was actually really worried about uh I was talking about this last week. I, I was really worried when I started my business degree because when you're in business classes, like for the most part, what's drilled into your mind is bottom line, bottom line. You want to maximize profits. That is your goal as a, as a business manager. That's what was driven into my head. Well, there, there are some things that are more important to me than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the biggest one is having a legitimate measurable impact on people on a community mm-hmm. on you know whoever we're serving so if your business isn't serving someone if it's all about that bottom line i have an issue with it just from a moral standpoint already i, mm-hmm. I already have conflicts so um that's really important to me and and that says something about me but it also says something about uh about super sense and you know mm-hmm. mediate the the overarching company yeah absolutely it's really important to have that impact yeah, and we'll definitely get into that because I um I love um what you told me about um you know the mission goal when it comes to you know what SuperSense is doing you know it's so amazing and we're definitely gonna unpack that um but you know I would love to you know just give a little bit of your blind story if that's okay um when we were sure. talking off the um you know off air you know and we're doing you know other things um you mentioned that you um, were born with lca which um for those that might not know is leaper's congenital amaurosis that's true yeah so um when exactly um um were you diagnosed um at what age um were doctors basically telling you like there's there's something wrong with your vision long before i can remember yeah um i've i've always the 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 extent to my vision has always been light perception Mm -hmm. so it was very clear to my parents um you know from a really young age i want to say you know in in uh hearing their stories about it i was probably six months Mm -hmm. old uh when they really like took me to the doctor thinking something was pretty wrong um, so I, I would guess around that time, but it was, mm-hmm. it was long before I can remember. So I couldn't give you a, like a date or anything. Absolutely understandable. Yeah. It you was know. March 3rd, 2000. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, you know, it's kind of the same situation with me on my end, you know, kind of always knew there was something wrong with my vision, but you know, didn't find mm-hmm. out until later. Um, right. so how exactly um, has your vision loss shaped you as a person when it comes not only, you know, professionally, but just personally? Um, has it helped lead you to the positions that you are in nowadays and the relationships that you have created for yourself? Yeah, 100 um, percent. I absolutely believe that I am more than my blindness, but it would be mm-hmm. short sighted, I think, of me, um, I guess, pun intended 
I guess so, if you want to take that as a pun. <laughs> it would be short-sighted, I think, to um, say that blindness isn't a crucial part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a blind person, I have... There, there are a few really big impacts I think blindness have had on me, and it's all mm-hmm. been positive, by the mm-hmm. way. I'll say that from the outset. Um, number one, it's given me a lot of perspective. Um, you know... I am no other minority that I can think of other than blind. And so Mm. I'm really grateful to have that look and have that level of perspective um, because it's predisposed me to that community service orientation. I Mm. always want to work with other people, very team driven, help other people. Um, And I think blindness was a, was a big contributing factor in that. Also like, a lot of, you know, in your mainstream schools, your, you know, your, your mainstream student doesn't get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And um, as a blind guy, as a blind student, I got a lot of attention from educators and from TVIs. And that mm-hmm. was really important to shaping me as, a, as an intellectual, as a person. I actually really enjoyed school, you know, as much as one can mm-hmm. uh, because of that, because, you know, I, I was the, I was the guy that made friends with teachers and we would talk about stuff. And I would I was the guy that would get teachers to say stuff that you'd never get them to say in the classroom <laughs> in front of 30 people. Um, so, it's, I mean, there's definitely humor there. It's 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 fun, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's also that shapes that education, you know, that consistent mentorship that I had from different educators, sometimes the same one. Um, but all the way up for, you know, those 12 or 13 years of public school mm-hmm. really shaped who I am as a person as well. I mean, they were they were parents to me when I was away from my family. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's much harder to get that level of specific directed focus in education mm-hmm. if you don't have some kind of disability. So um, I'm actually really grateful for it. it that may be a hot take. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please, please harass me on Twitter if you disagree. <laughs> We'll have some, yeah. We'll have some throwdowns on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's, you know, <laughs> experience and journey is different. Um, but you know, I thought that was very powerful of you saying, you know, you've been no other minority but blind. Um, that's pretty powerful to say and um, to believe in, represent, and you know, definitely we talked um, quite a bit about the role of the teacher when it comes to, you know, TBI and the relationships that they can have. And um, yeah, and I mean, I had the very same experiences, you know, for me, um, I feel that I actually really enjoy school. I I had a lot of fun in um, grade, so middle school, high school, Um, not so much in college, just because I don't feel like I got as much as that relationship and personal one-on-one time mm-hmm. as I did back in uh, sure. grade school. So yeah, I, I can definitely understand how like f- for us, I mean, for other disabled people, not just, you know, visually, uh, but disabled people in general, I can see how it can be very beneficial for us to form one-on-one bonds with our teachers and not only have them as, you know, aides, but also, you know, partners in our, you know, basically our life going forward because teachers definitely will be more than just a teacher if you allow them to be. Um, I know that's very controversial, especially nowadays, um, because people worry just, you know, about the relationship of teacher and student um, and, you know, just everything that can Mm -hmm. go wrong in that. But 
you know, in many but ways. It's not it, like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's entirely platonic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, you know, in, in every healthy case, it's entirely mm -hmm. platonic. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I will, I will happily say um, I did go to the Kentucky School for the Blind for, mm -hmm. for a long time in my education. And the smaller class sizes also helped. Um, mm -hmm. There was a lot of room. There was a lot of space um, for passions to come out. You know, when you realize mm -hmm. the subject that you really liked, you could work with the teacher on stuff. And they would, you could meet up after school and work on a project, or they would teach you extra things that were just beyond your level. That's how I was with technology when I was really mm -hmm. into it. I got to give a shout out to my man, Dr. David Hume, um, PhD, uh, who was the, the assistive tech instructor for mm -hmm. a long time. And him and I, I mean, we were working together since I was in the third grade. Um, mm -hmm. Because they realized, I don't know how, but they realized that I was a tech nerd from that young. <laughs> uh, and I started, I just started learning to do all kinds of things. And it was because people had the level of commitment and dedication mm -hmm. to, um, to be patient with this asshole kid that just wanted to learn everything <laughs> in sight. Uh, and, they, and they really, they gave me that time and that energy. And it, it really made me who I am. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm infinitely appreciative for yeah. that. I cannot... I can't quantify how much I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know out of, you know, my experiences with college, you know, I had my own struggles. Well, the one thing I will say that I loved about my college was small classes. You know, I definitely mimic the whole smaller classes. You feel like you can have more time with your professor or your teacher. Um, it allows those passions to come out. Um, and yeah, definitely. I feel people underestimate just how powerful in-person teaching can be. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I just, you know, this is just, you know, I don't want to go on a rant about this because this is my own bias coming through, but I definitely believe there is always going to be a place for teaching in an actual classroom and actual person-to-person -person education. So, you know, you know, I say, what you, say what you want about that. Attack me online if you want. But that's that's the hill. I'll I don't think that's on. controversial. <laughs> that's not controversial at all. There's, there will always be a place for it. That's not that. That's not that bad. I just I, feel I've like... said like I've said like three or four things that people could come at me for already. This is this is PC as it gets. All right. Well, then let's move on. Let's move on um, because you have a very interesting background. Um, you know, Thanks, you. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, especially when it comes to um, the work you did as a young kid, um, you mentioned to me um, when we were talking previously about a lot of the volunteer work you did, but also mm -hmm. how a lot of um, it comes from the music side, you know, what you do oh, as yeah. a percussionist. So mm -hmm. definitely want to pick your brain about that and um, hear you talk more about that. Yeah, absolutely. What what specifically? There's There's so much. Well, I mean, um, of course, I want to hear about the um, the volunteer work that you did um, that sure. helps because I think that's really important for people to hear. And, um, you know, I think that can definitely help some people understand just how far mm -hmm. um, volunteer work can go and can actually lead to establishing, you know, basically a lifelong oh, yeah. career for yourself. And then if you want, we can get into some music as well. <laughs> oh, I'm always happy to talk about music. That's a whole episode. Yeah, I know. Um <laughs> So volunteer work, um, yeah, what, what you're saying there is really true. Um, I have had volunteer work spanning um, um, unprofessional, you know, just the, the, the dregs of a radio station out of the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. I used to manage uh, back when I, I started when I was 13. Um, 
up until I was 17. And that was really my first, what I consider volunteer experience. It, mm-hmm. it, there was no real hope of getting paid. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't even a registered business, but I count it um, very strongly as leadership experience because mm-hmm. um, I was managing a lot of different personalities. And I had a couple of friends with me who were, who, you know, they, they themselves were strong personalities. And so um, navigating that group of management but and then also navigating the the group of larger staff was was really informative for me and then off the back of that at the end of uh, 2017 I jumped onto another radio station out of New York City and that was a little bit more organized I had a lot more experience under my belt I was a lot more mature than when I was 13 I hope mm-hmm. um, and so I took on more of a, a direct role and in, in leading and organizing and, and making things happen um, and you know all of this was unpaid it was all of it was out of a passion for radio out of a passion for you know delivering an authentic message that that's that's getting more and more difficult to find um and in in 2019 i stepped down from that role and that's what led me to form venom the Mm -hmm. streaming platform that i now run it's a continuation of you know starting from a very informal volunteer work getting a little bit more formalized in new york and then now, you know, founding the, the not-for-profit. So it, mm-hmm. it can, you know, volunteer work, if you're, if you're in the field, it doesn't even have to be at the same place. But if you stay in that field, you get this invaluable experience. On the flip side, you know, that was all, that was all volunteer work for volunteer's sake. I thought mm-hmm. it was fun. Um, I wanted to do it. It was not work for me at the time, especially. It was just fun, and I learned a lot because mm-hmm. of it. Um, more specifically, work, um, I also did, uh, I was on the Commissioner's Student Council um, for a couple of years in the capital of Kentucky. So we would go in and talk with, uh, at the time, Commissioner of Education, Stephen Pruitt, and we'd work together um, just working on legislature and uh, giving input on how certain decisions would affect students, um, students in general, but also with a specific focus on the, the diversity and inclusion side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where I brought some perspective, which was really nice. Um, right. That's part of my giving back to the community. Um, and not specifically because of that, but sort of related to that, later on I was honored to be accepted as a delegate to the International Congress of Youth Voices, um, which is another volunteer uh, nonprofit that I work with. Um, and we are a, a legally recognized collective of students, um, not so much you know, like college students or high school students, but students mm-hmm. in the sense that we're always learning. Um, we are young people who represent, we are a collective body of young people who represents young people around the world. So mm-hmm. the, the perspective, the voice of young people who have a lot to say, but who are, you know, often ignored or often marginalized in conversations. So um, I'm one of two blind delegates on the ICYV. And, you know, we, we're putting out books and interviews and stuff all the time you can check them out they're really really cool um just look up international congress of youth voices it's founded by uh um i said i'm an avid reader so it was founded by an author dave eggers um who's associated with the 801 valencia organizations out of california um and he's he's a great guy he's he's a lot of fun to hang out with um great people so i mean Volunteer work can span anything that you're passionate about, yeah. I guess is my point. And it, and it looks good. It looks, you have no idea how cool I feel when I said a resume, like, 
who else has international congress of youth voices on this cv <laughs> buddy look at this like <laughs> i don't know it's 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 really an honor um to be able to to have served in so many different ways and have so much experience i can pull from so many different places so i think that's the importance of it It, Mm. and it builds you up even if it sucks even if it's a bad experience Mm -hmm. it really shapes who you are and gives you advantages for the next thing that you're going to do yeah absolutely you know you never know we know what can happen you know you you might do something and think it's completely you know unimportant and it's going to have no value down the road but uh you know you'd be surprised you know just you know whatever time you can put into something um, you never know. It can end up leading to a career or just helping you make a connection that you otherwise would never have made. And, you know, of course, a valued friend for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Networking is huge. I love networking. Um, it's it's a lot of fun for me. It's just kind of natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so now when I get people who I think need to be interviewed, I'm going to text Chad. I'm like, hey, man, I found <laughs> this cool guy. He does this cool stuff and you should talk to him about it in public. Um, like, and volunteer work really increases your network because you're meeting a lot mm-hmm. of other people and because it's volunteer work, right? Like they're passionate about what they're doing, which mm-hmm. means they're theoretically pretty good at it. Cause right. you know, passion is a really important part when you're doing something of what makes you good at that thing, because you really mm-hmm. care about it and you have the dedication and you want to put the time in to practice it. Um, so a lot of good networking happening in volunteer work as yeah, well. Absolutely. And speaking of passion, let's talk about your passion mm. for a little bit because you <laughs> are one? a music. <laughs> oh, that one. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. Percussionists. Yeah. How yes. did um how did your love for music start? I mean, I, I myself am huge in the music. Like, I mean, I don't feel like if I took the rest of my life to listen to my entire library of music, I'd ever finish before I died. Oh my gosh. I I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just like in, in the amount of genres I listen to, it's just it's all over the place. I mean Oh man. I love music and I love talking I love about it. music. So um Tell yeah. me who some of your favorite artists are. Oh man, you know, well, you know, I, I love the classics, so you know, like you know, Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin, um, the Beatles, oh, yeah. um, you know, Rolling Stones. I've had the I've had the heart version of Stairway to Heaven, the 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 um one they did with like a choir and orchestra mm-hmm. at the Kennedy Center. It's, they they released it. You can go find it. You can buy it. The uh, Stairway to Stairway to Heaven by Heart. It's really good. Yeah. It's my favorite version. One, of, one, of, one of the best songs, in my opinion. But that's just that's, again, that's that's my. Oh, opinion. of course. <laughs> that's a. I think that's a fact at this point. <laughs> yeah. Stairway to Heaven yeah, is proven I, yeah. scientifically. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, I think I would time. agree with you. Yeah, definitely, like Mount Rushmore best songs of all time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I love the old, you know, you know, but you know, not just rock. You know, I love you know Sinatra, um, Dean mm. Martin, you know, the Ink Spots, yes. Ella Fitzgerald. Um, you know, I'm also into like electric swing. You know, I like okay. you know rhythm and blues. So BB King, Muddy Waters. BB King. Yeah, but you know, like oh, I go gosh. all over the place. Like it's like you know, one day it's like okay, I want to listen to blues, and then you yeah. know, like an hour later, it's like I want to listen to rock and or, or metal. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's just like it's just you know, I, I I can be in a mood one second and then just switch and completely yeah. with what I want. Um, if but, you're into BB King, check out the uh, the live at the Regal record. 
it's oh, a legendary album than, than live blues music in my opinion oh my gosh that is so true mm-hmm. i have to give a shout out to my man, fellow podcast host uh mr ty littlefield who recommended that album to me he does a podcast called technically sound it's all about uh increasing your knowledge in the tech and audio fields um so i'm naturally kind mm-hmm. of obsessed with it um it's a lot of fun so look them up on twitter their tech sound underscore cast check them absolutely. out absolutely yeah definitely yes. that'd be great um, but yeah, tell me about your um, your love of music. Um, you're, you're a percussionist, of course. You got you got mm-hmm. Venom. Um, where did it all start? Was there like a moment in time that you can remember listening? Because you know, a lot of us have that one. <laughs> like for me, like my 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 most my most fondest memory when it comes to music, and what I believe really started my love for music is um, my father. Um, you know, I will always remember living in Arizona uh, on on an Air Force base. And um, basically, we, he, we would just drive around and he would listen to Metallica. Um, it's one of his favorite bands. It's one of my favorite That's bands awesome. of all time. And awesome. specifically, we would listen to the Metallica and the orchestra um, that they would oh, do. Oh, S&M. Yes, S&M. So we yeah. would listen to that album all the time. And oh, you're younger it, than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm only, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be 29 this year. Oh, right on. Yeah. Okay. But, that you album know, came out like, what ninety nine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ninety three. Okay. Um, but ninety three? Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I thought that yeah. was the live shit album. <laughs> but I'll always remember like um, listening to that album in the car, just driving around with my dad and being like, "This is awesome. I, I love this. I love everything about it. I love the technicality. Yeah. I love, you know, the the the, the passion, the commitment." Um, and like to me, I feel like that that was what instilled to me my love for music is I'll always credit my father for those days we just spent in his car driving around, doing nothing. I have no no I destination. It. We were just listening to music, having a good time. And like to me, that is what sparked my love for music. And I'm just wondering, do you have a, a similar situation or a, I love that story. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was one hundred percent my my family, um None of them are musicians, but mm-hmm. they're they're all music fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember listening, you know, growing up really, really young, I was getting like Toby Keith and Charlie Daniels from my dad and my granddad on his side. And, and my my mom loved, you know, the modern country and getting mm-hmm. into like uh, hip hop and R&B in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And my Grammy on her side was listening to Queen mm. and Darius Rucker and the, some kind of older country that just kind of threw in Queen, which is great. I love Queen. Um, and and uh, my papa on her side was listening to Kenny G and listening to Bluegrass. Ooh, and so nice. I was just, I, and my dad was all about classic rock. You know, Bon Jovi is my favorite <laughs> band of all time. I could tell you about that here. In my a mom loves him. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's Bon Jovi is more than him. Bon yeah, Jovi I know. Is a, is a them. I know, but my mom, my mom specifically loves him. Loves him, uh huh, uh huh. Most of them do. <laughs> but I had all of these, all of these musical influences, um, and it was just always something I was really passionate about. I've never told this story before uh, in public. I don't think this is funny. Uh, I was thinking about it yesterday. Um, I had a like a kindergarten graduation. So I took violin lessons when I was uh, in preschool. Mm-hmm. They put me in violin and um, it was fine. You know, I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I love the violin, mm-hmm. but it was not my instrument. Um, and so 
then in kindergarten i started taking piano lessons mm -hmm. and uh i i remember the piano instructor was like hey have you ever like played piano before and i wanted to look smart and cool it's like yeah man i'm a piano expert <laughs> i i write my own music on the piano he was like all right play something man that's cool he wasn't even making fun of me he was like play something that's great and i just made some stuff up and it was awful so but i, I did i stuck with piano lessons for about a year um i wasn't really thinking about i, I didn't want to do piano um like kindergarten graduation there is there is video evidence of this somewhere i don't know where it is um, or i'd probably destroy it but there was uh Everybody else was singing, you know, when you're at a kindergarten graduation, everyone like sing songs and stuff. I'm just drumming on my chest. I'm just grooving out. That's this five-year-old just jamming, just drumming, drumming away. Um, but nobody picked it up, I guess. So I kept going. I started then I got into guitar after piano. I started taking guitar. I stuck with guitar for like two or three years, actually. Um, I wish I remembered. Uh any of the things I learned in those two or three years, but I had a really cool instructor um, and we, we had a great time. Uh, I tried to convince him that I was a member of Aerosmith and he didn't <laughs> believe me for obvious reasons. It's um, like, you suck at guitar. How can you be an Aerosmith? <laughs> but uh, uh, after that, I, I was, you know, we'd always have these concerts at my school and these, these, I would always just love the, the drum sound and what the drummers were doing and i had you know I mean, teachers would notice like i would just like drum on desks mm -hmm. i would drum on and i would drum on people's heads you know <laughs> whatever seven-year-olds do because i was just i was just feeling this groove all the time and i would always be listening to music music is a, is a huge part of who i am mm -hmm. um and so when i was eight eight or not no i was eight i started getting into uh percussion because my guitar instructor also taught or like was a kind of knew some percussion stuff mm -hmm. so they they made a deal with me that i could take percussion lessons under him and if i stuck with that then i could go into the like, actual program so i stuck with that stephen couch was my first percussion teacher officially uh, and then i started learning under bobby falk who's a great uh jazz drummer he does some mm -hmm. surf drums uh, he's in a band called the get downs for a while it's really cool so i played under him for oh god probably five or six years or so learned a lot of what i know uh and then i really um that's where i started percussion too i started playing bongos um i hate the tambourine i hate playing the tambourine. <laughs> i still need to learn how to play it because i know i'm going to need to play it in my professional career as a musician uh, I'm finally learning the shakers and the maracas, finally, now that I'm 22 years old. Um, but bongos and the hand percussion was what I was really passionate about, djembe, bongos, mm -hmm. um, and I've kept that. And then I learned under Meg Samples, who was another great local drummer, um, probably starting from when I was 16 or 17. And um, that's how I really learned a lot of the technical stuff that I know today um, was thanks to her. And now I study under Brett Ballard, who's a, who's a great percussionist here in Western Kentucky. So uh, always, always evolving as mm -hmm. a musician, as a percussionist, you know, always practicing new things. I'm really into, um, I listen to all kinds of stuff, you know, it, it, it's anywhere from, uh, from trap and EDM mm -hmm. to, you know, classic, you know, rap and hip hop, mm -hmm. uh, instrumental rock and jazz fusion. I love, I love classic rock. I love blues. I love classic R&B, Latin music. Um, modern like latinx pop stuff mm -hmm. um i listen to all kinds of stuff um it's really all over the place i, I can't like 
I cannot tell you a genre that I don't respect. Mm-hmm. I have respect for every genre that, that exists. There's something that you can find in every genre mm-hmm. um, that you can appreciate um, and that you can learn from as a player, as a as a musician too. Um, so that was a long-winded answer for a short question. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, no, I, I thank you. That was that was awesome. You know, I, you know, I, I, I'm big into music, so you'll you'll never bore me when it comes to talking oh, to music. And I don't think my listeners will be bored either because I just think you Thanks, know, listeners. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you. I think in in I think in almost everybody's life, music is a part of their daily life in some way. That's whether true. it's working out cooking to it, um, doing, you know, housework, and, you know, of course, driving. I, I mean, I would be surprised, you know, unless, you know, they just don't use technology. You, you've probably heard music at least once in your lifetime. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Even if you don't use technology. I mean, <laughs> I, that vinyl sound mm-hmm. is, I mean, you could argue that's technology, I guess, mm-hmm. but, you know. I mean, you've never heard street performers, right? Musicians, yeah. um, I, music pervades everything, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have it any other way, man. Music is, uh, I think, I think music can sometimes tell us what we feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think music can sometimes express what we feel better than we can. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're okay, and and they're you know, I'm really blessed to be you know I don't want to get too heavily into into religion, but it is definitely what I believe is mm-hmm. the power behind my creative process. And I do believe that I'm blessed to have that ability to create as well as to absorb and express. So absolutely, That's I love that. Very well said, and I 100% believe with you. I I can't count on both hands or feet how many times I've had a song come on when I was feeling a certain way, and it was just like, man, that sums up how I feel exactly right now in this moment. It's it's mm-hmm. so just prevalent, and you might not even be like feeling a certain way and then a song will just catch you and you'll just start feeling the emotion and it'll just catch you off guard and you're just like oh my god i didn't even know that i needed this song right now yeah it's so true it's very very true um music is 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 100 one of the things that convinced me that there's a higher power mm-hmm. um music and, and stories relating to it so yeah absolutely um, yeah gotta shout out some great of course bon jovi is my favorite bands. <laughs> uh Favorite guitarist, if I was forced at gunpoint to pick one, would be Andy Timmons. Mm-hmm. Fantastic rock, blues, jazz guitar player. Um, I, I'm really, right now, my main thing is, is instrumental rock and jazz fusion. I've really been into that lately. There's some great fusion projects out there that you should check out. I, I just have this, this passion for instrumental music. I actually started a radio show called When Words Fail. Mm-hmm. Um, you can we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter if you want to follow us we tweet um, we don't tweet too much you know we mm-hmm. tweet about the show we have live guests on and we tweet about news in the genre but mm-hmm. it's I think it's one of the few shows I've seen um, especially in the United States that highlights this kind of music this instrumental mm-hmm. music um, and so if, if that's something that you support if that's something you believe in uh, you know, join the movement. We're yeah. we're really trying to make a community out of the fans of this kind of music because the, mm-hmm. I noticed a lot of different groups of fans aren't connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and if and if we were, the genre would be so much more powerful. So, definitely hoping to do that. Starting slow, but we're gonna mm-hmm. make it happen. When words fail, if you want to check I th- out. Yeah, I think it's amazing all that you do. You know, I mean, like you said, you 
you you're never not busy it, it feels like you always have something going on but it's so great to hear you talk about all this that you're so passionate about and i mean again i mean it has nothing to do but i mean you're so young and you're doing so much and you're making such a difference and you know just all these passion projects you have going on it's it's amazing um Thank you, what you're doing yeah absolutely um I appreciate that. So, um, about Venom, I'm wasting when, my free time. <laughs> when it, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it's wasted. You're definitely using it the right way. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, and so, so, um, much. when it comes to Venom, um, when did the idea for Venom um, come about? Um, honestly, Venom came out of this this dream that I had. Not like a literal dream when I was asleep, but this mm -hmm. dream of you know I'd been working to uh, with different people on different radio projects, you know, since I was 13. And I always had this thought of like, what if I brought together the best people I know from both projects and outside of both projects? My, mm -hmm. the best people, the broadcasters with the most potential, the best administration team I can think of and made my own project. Mm -hmm. um, and as, you know, some different, you know, as I was working on the, the second radio project, um, up into 2019, I was starting to realize that I wanted, there, there were policies that I didn't agree with. Um, and I wanted to, I, I, I had a better, in my mind, I had a way that I could shape them better. Mm -hmm. I thought that I could do it better, but I didn't want to be competitive. I didn't want to go up against, you know, I was, I was like the number two guy. Mm -hmm. there and i didn't want to go up against the number one guy and be like hey man i can do this better and just create this element of competition because it's it's hostile i don't think competition really helps workers mm -hmm. as people it might help your production it might help your output it might help your sales but it does not help your workers as people mm -hmm. um, and that's really important to me um and so instead of that instead of doing that i felt like i could really serve uh, the community and even even that project better by stepping down, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, and I stepped down for, for a variety of reasons, but I was very, very grateful because I then had the opportunity to start Venom. And I did mm -hmm. like from from the day after I resigned, I was reaching out to people and putting together that framework. Um, so we started in March uh, of 2019 and we launched in uh the first of november of 2019 mm -hmm. um and that was the first time i ever took on that scale project i mean it was nothing mm -hmm. nothing it started as an idea in my mind and grew into you know a fully fledged website uh, a fully fledged streaming network mm -hmm. um of of different genres and different people who are willing to dedicate their time to it um, and blogs and podcasts and social media and marketing and programming and just all of these different things. And in seven months time, we put a lot together. So I'm really, really grateful for all of those people. Um, there's, there's one of my favorite pages on our website. Actually, I think it is my favorite page. If you go to venom.fm slash about, there's bios for everyone on Venom. And those are all the people that made that happen. Those guys are my best friends on the planet and they are incredible people to work with. Um, lot of fun I, I don't think i've ever had more fun um in the last three years mm -hmm. doing everything that i do with with venom and um 
with with work and with Kaysen and with I mean, these last three years have been, I think, the greatest of my life. And my goal is to keep making every progressive year even better. Mm-hmm. And those are the friends at my back that that make that happen. So big respect to everyone on Venom. That's that's beautiful. And, and I love that. Um, it just shows the power of, you know, believing in a dream and knowing that it's something that you, you want. And, you know, maybe in the beginning, it's not going to, you know, pick up. But um, if you are committed to it, and you put in the hard work, you can make anything possible. And it doesn't matter if you have or do not have a disability. It's that is life in general. If there's something that you believe in, and you work hard enough, you can make it come true. It's very true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a quote from uh, a good friend of mine. He's an artist named Question. Um, he always says, whatever you do, do it with the power of the mind. Mm-hmm. And that's that's 100% applicable everywhere you go. I mean, the power of the mind is, is unstoppable. If you really, you, that's how you can really tell if you're dedicated to something, if mm-hmm. you're passionate about it, because you want to do it with the power of the mind and, and put everything that you have behind it, um, you know, as it, you know, in, in a healthy way, of course. Absolutely. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Get some sleep. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now, go to bed. Well, <laughs> not, not, not right now. Do it. Not after. yet. No, no, yeah. wait. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Do it after the episode over. They get Just... some sleep. <laughs> hey, man, you already got the numbers. It's okay. I don't know can, about that. I can come back to it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, well, let's let's you know we can talk about music forever, but then I don't think we'd ever breach the topic of super sense. Um, which, mm. of course, in your free time when you're not busy with everything else, and you know, music, being a father, um, and a student, um, you're also helping out with super sense. And I loved the story, and I would love for you to share. Thank you. Um, how it came about because when you told me the story um, it was amazing um, how you know, oh, yeah. you know with your with your wife um, you know it's just an amazing yeah. story and I and I, I would love for you to share it again if you would yeah it's my pleasure um, so this was actually right around the same time it was so busy at this time she she got a job her name's precious um, at the time we were just she was just my girlfriend at the time it was a long time ago mm-hmm. um, and at the beginning of 2019, she was hired on at this company, um, Virtual Collaboration Research Incorporated. Um, the That's a lot to say. So we call it Mediate. <laughs> um, and she was hired on as an intern because these guys were looking for blind people to work with to shape their products because they wanted blind people driving the products they were making for blind people. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she started work at the beginning of 2019 and I was, I was already helping a little bit mm-hmm. um, from a very, very limited standpoint. I did an interview with them to kind of get my perspective. And that's something I'm really, really um, amazed by, I think is, is a good way to describe it because um, they always say, you know, there's always this adage about like never work with your partner. And I'm mm-hmm. really lucky that Precious and I are on such a level that, you know, we have, um, the greatest relationship I've ever mm-hmm. experienced and we can work together and not hate each other. <laughs> we work together on Venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we play together. She's a incredible performing artist. You can look her up on all them, all them streaming services. <laughs> and um, Precious Perez is where you can look. Um, so we play together. We're on Venom together. And uh, she actually is the one who got me the job at Mediate. Um, 
she's a music educator as well. Um, and she was getting her degree at the time. And as things were getting busy was when Mediate was growing and they needed her to do more and more things. Um, mm -hmm. and she had to step down because of her other commitments um, to her education and her degree. Um, and so they said, well, do you know a guy? Uh, do you know someone who can help us out? Who can fill this role? And I said, yeah, I'm engaged to this shithead that might be able to help you out a little bit. <laughs> um, and so I started talking to the to the co-founders and um you know we we just had this this great conversation about what you know what do you see supersense becoming where mm -hmm. do you think supersense can go and how do you want to make that happen and we had this great conversation mm -hmm. i'd say in october of 2019 and uh, I, my start date was january 1st of 2020 i've been there ever since so talk to me about your role you are the um, communities operating um manager or slash director um what exactly does that involve you doing if you don't mind sharing sure so that involves me doing a lot of things um i do things like this um you know public <laughs> mm -hmm. influencer appearances um I, I love i love coming on podcasts and talking mm -hmm. about super sense this has probably been the most involved talking about me though so this is really fun <laughs> i don't get to talk about myself super often so i, I appreciate it <laughs> and, uh, problem. In, in, in public you know i'm having a good time um, so do a lot of things like this, which is really, really fun because I get to go out on other people's platforms and talk about what matters to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also talk about, you know, the, the benefits of SuperSense and how mm -hmm. SuperSense has, has been a huge help to a lot of people. Um, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I do the same for different community groups and organizations, um, professional partnerships. So I'm kind of responsible for going out there and presenting SuperSense and and talking it up to people, just mm -hmm. telling people about it. I'm not a salesperson. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a, an awareness, a brand awareness guy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm just telling you about what we have and working with people as well. So I want to work with people to make SuperSense better. Mm -hmm. I'm like the go between between, you know, our user base and the company. So mm -hmm. I work with people to figure out what they want to see SuperSense become and what they need from SuperSense. Mm -hmm. um, and I bring that back to development. Excuse Absolutely. me. I bring that back to development and we shape the roadmap based on that feedback. So mm -hmm. I also, you know, I, I have those conversations. I do user experience research um, to figure out if we have some hypotheses that we want to test about, you know, potential business ideas or super sense ideas. Um, I handle the tech support, uh, working on the filling out, you know, the help desk tickets um, and the, the support calls as well. I create content. I work with marketing to uh, to check over content and to create some stuff for our blog. Um, I interview people for the blog. I host uh, what's called SuperSense Presents, which is a sporadic podcast that we do. We interview uh, blind musicians, creatives, mm. professionals, um, all kinds of things like that. What else do I do? I, I never get <laughs> bored. I do all kinds of things. It sounds like you do quite a lot. <laughs> I do lots of different things. Mm -hmm. my, my days don't usually look the same. There's always always different uh, responsibilities happening each day. And it's fun. Yeah, you know? I, I, I don't like to get bored doing the same thing day after day, as you might have noticed. Um, so what well, sounds like you don't have a lot of time to be bored. <laughs> no. So um, talk to me a little bit about um, SuperSense. Where did the idea um, for SuperSense um, occur? Like, um, I know there were, um, of course, the founders. Um, yes. And 
um, you know, I, I had fun learning about them for the article that I, I wrote. Um, so that was, Thank you know, you it was that. really good to learn about them, of course. Um, you know, but can, could you share, if you will, about um, how the idea behind SuperSense started? Yeah, gladly. Um, so our two co-founders, Emre and Chare, are brilliant. Um, that's the story. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, so Emre is a, well, I guess it started first with Chare. He is, um, he's from MIT. Mm-hmm. He's an AI computer vision specialist. Um, and he focuses on AI and spatial analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted to work with that to benefit underserved communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he connected with Emre, who's a friend of his, and our other co-founder, who is an entrepreneur who focuses on underserved communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and and these, these kinds of projects that, that benefit them. Um, and so that's really how SuperSense was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started with two features. I've told this story a thousand times. Mm-hmm. We started with two features um, that, that Emory and Charter envisioned, um, the object explorer and the object finder. Right. The explorer, of course, able to check out your environment as you're scanning with your phone and announces everything that it sees. It can pick mm-hmm. up 600 plus objects, um, doors, people, chairs, pets, trash cans, beds, pianos, I mean, whatever, whatever you need, mm-hmm. it'll pick it up. Yeah, the accuracy is incredible, you know. I, I, I've used it myself and I continue to use it. Hell, I was using it last night because I was trying to make sure I was taking the right medicine. So I was using um, the reader, which of course we'll you know talk about because that wasn't sure. initially um, added, but it's an amazing device and its accuracy is incredible. You know, just Thank the way you. it's able to, you know, tell you what is around you, which of course, if you can imagine for those that are listening, it's super beneficial for those that are visually impaired because we probably don't have the greatest understanding of environments that we're not familiar with. So knowing, sure. oh, there's a not chair true. right there, or that's a person versus a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> You know, this can be important to tell the difference between those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very important. You know, it's 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 having the feedback to allow us to understand what is in our environment and how we can then proceed to interact with it. And I find it in a very incredible and sophisticated device. Um, It's you know incredible. You know, this isn't me trying to sales pitch anyone on it. I'm just saying as I've used it and continue to use it, it is something that I have definitely made a permanent part of my life. and I very much enjoy using it and it's a great product, but I think what I love the most about it is just how much it is tied to the community and the people that use it. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I'm really glad that that the product is useful, but also that, that you recognize that because that's mm-hmm. always what I say is is the greatest part about SuperSense is, mm-hmm. is the community focus. Um, mm-hmm. We're all about um, letting the users tell us what they need mm-hmm. and operating under the assumption that no one knows best what they need than you yourself, you know, mm-hmm. the user, you know what you need the best. Um, so, you know, that's that's really how we shape the development of SuperSense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we expanded. You know, mm-hmm. we had object explore and object find and all object find does is it, it lets you specifically choose a category of object to locate. So if you're just looking for the trash can, or if you're just looking for a seat at the meeting, mm-hmm. it will 
it'll uh, beep and vibrate and tell you where just that one thing is instead of the table and the window and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, we had those two features um, and SuperSense started only on Android. And so people were downloading it and testing it out and um, really, really grateful to all the people that, that gave us a shot, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in those early days because we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a following. We started really from nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were asking us, you know, they were telling us what they needed. They, they wanted something that could read business cards, or something mm-hmm. that could read books and documents and street signs and products and currency, everything that you can imagine under the sun. Right. Um, and, and we wanted to bring that. We wanted to make that happen. <laughs> right. And so we turned away from this idea that we had that SuperSense was going to be a navigation app and it became a scanning app. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would revisit the navigation stuff later on. Um, and so that's how we developed, you know, right now, SuperSense has two screens. It has the explore screen, mm-hmm. which is what I've been telling you about object, find object, explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also has the read screen, which is what mm-hmm. we developed as a response to this user feedback, um, which features, you know, a, a ton of different things. Oh yeah. It's, it's incredible how in depth and robust it is and continues to get, um, I think it's amazing, Thank you. um, how, you know, you have allowed the public um, to help, you know, kind of, you know, influence what you do with it because it's, you know, it's amazing. You know, you like you had no concept of okay, this is going to be a reader. You know, like you say, it was a navigation app, but it became mm-hmm. a reader because it's so important for media as a company to give the community what they themselves would want to use. And I think that's mm-hmm. so important for a company um, that's working with the visually impaired or working with the disabled in general. I think it's so important that you listen to the people and understand what they need. And I just love to hear like, oh, we, we started as a navigation you know, device. We did not want to be like this reader, scanner, environmental app, but um, we became it. And we're happy we became it because it's what our customers wanted. Yeah. It's, it's what the people asked for. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how can we, how can we say no to that? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's, that's really important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, you know, we, we started with this idea of, okay, there are a lot of apps that are doing this. Why mm-hmm. aren't they reliable for mm-hmm. other people? Why aren't they asking us or, or why are they asking us for this? Mm-hmm. Um, when apps like these already exist. Right. And, um, we, so we started trying to innovate and, you know, be a little bit creative on mm-hmm. how we handled it. And a lot of that was happening on the back end, you know, making sure our scanners were, were as fast as possible and as mm-hmm. accurate as possible. Um, you know, we wanted everything to be efficient. We wanted everything to be effective. Um, but what else could we put in on the front end, on the mm-hmm. user experience side that is unique, that they've never seen before, that will make super sense, fill that need that they still have? Right. Um, and the first idea that we had was the, uh, the, the first idea that we had was the smart scanner. Mm-hmm. And at this point we had developed four features. We had the quick reader, mm-hmm. which would read small pieces of text, you know, quick things, signs, business cards. We had the document reader, uh, which worked really, really well and mm-hmm. focused on longer pieces of text. And it would give you these simple guidance directions that were really easy to follow, um, very intuitive to get the best picture. And so mm-hmm. our document reader was really accurate and it was really fast. 
we have the currency reader, mm-hmm. uh, which reads banknotes, of course, the, right. the U.S. dollar, the the pound, the euro, the Australian, and the Canadian dollar. Um, and we have the barcode reader, mm-hmm. which we actually added later, um, which lets you scan a product and get all kinds of information, uh, cooking instructions, brand information, nutrition facts, ingredients. Um, you could scan QR codes with it as well. Mm-hmm. All these things. So we had these four features, quick read, document read, currency, and barcode. And Smart Scanner wraps the four up into one. So you don't have to individually select which feature you want. You can mm-hmm. if you'd like. Um, but Smart Scanner uses AI technology, this this innovative MIT background that we've got mm-hmm. to save you time and make the app more efficient. So mm-hmm. it figures out what you're trying to scan and goes to the appropriate mode all within Smart Scanner. It figures it out, scans mm-hmm. it accordingly. Yeah, and it's it's amazing to use in real time, you know. Like I said, mm-hmm. I was using it last night because I was trying to find what medicine I needed to use. And it's amazing to see it boot up and then start reading like maybe just quick read but then realized okay um you need a barcode reader so let me start doing the barcode reader um it's it's cool to finally see it do that shift and then you know recognize oh it's it's switching to its modes because it's you know basically it's identified what i'm needing it to use but what's also is really cool for those that Mm -hmm might be interested in using it or have never used it is it's adjustments. It'll tell you, all right, move object one inch closer to the screen or move left or right one inch. Um, Mm -hmm. So that way it's letting you know it's um, you need to put it better into frame. So that way I can do the job that you want me to do. Um, So it's so great to see like work in real time and it problem solve and then identify what you need from the the technology. So it's so cool. That's awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm really glad that, that you've been able to benefit from it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, and we've got those four mm-hmm. plus the smart scanner. You can select each feature individually if you'd like. Um, you know, people have different preferences of what they'd rather do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I know I'm going to scan a document, mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and put it on, you know, document mode. Right. You know, instead. But I also like using the smart scanner because sometimes you don't know what you're going to scan. Yeah. So just if you're going to scan several things back to back, you know. Um, but you know that's that's not all that we added. We we uh, first we made sure that SuperSense could handle lighting automatically. So mm-hmm. we we put in flash mode and made it automatic so that SuperSense will turn on your flashlight if it's not seeing enough. Um, you can disable that though if you'd like. If you if your phone has a peony battery. <laughs> you can turn that off. Um, we have, we added the the magnifier. You know, for all the the low vision uh, adjustments you could possibly mm-hmm. need with with font and contrasts and different things. Um, we added in um, the the multi page document scanner, which lets mm-hmm. you uh, it's, it's a more streamlined way of scanning a whole book or you know a big report or something like that. You can now scan it all in. Um, we added, as a part of the document reader as well, we added a column reader. So you can scan things like academic articles or newspapers or magazines, mm-hmm. um, and it'll handle that text in columns pretty well now, which is great. Um, we added the the importers that'll handle photos and PDF documents. Um, so it'll SuperSense will describe the photo to you and read the text 
and it'll, it'll read the text in PDFs as well. Um, we added uh, the the last thing on the read screen is the uh, the read history mm-hmm. option, um, and we don't store anything that you scan, you know, in SuperSense. Right. We don't we don't keep any of it, uh, but you have it locally on your mm-hmm. phone, you know, where where we cannot access it, of course, because we understand that people want to scan and access confidential information right. with SuperSense, um, and we don't want to get in the way of that. Uh, your your privacy is more important. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have that on your phone um, and you can delete it if you like, but it's there in the event that your phone dies or something crashes or mm-hmm. you just forget to share it. Everything you scan is there from documents to quick read photos, barcodes. You can access it all from there. You can share it. You can save it to the cloud. You can text it. You can email it. You can do whatever you like um, to keep that information safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like doing this actually with with barcodes um, because yeah. they have the cooking instructions, so you can save those if you'd like. Um, also, if you if it, you scan a barcode and you don't or SuperSense doesn't know what it is, you can label that barcode uh, if you'd like. So you can you can put in your own barcodes and share them with people. Um, we also added another feature to the Explore screen, which is called Scene Describer, um, and I think of that as a feature that lets us as blind people take pictures mm-hmm. um you take a picture you know with your with your best aim that you've got mm-hmm. and SuperSense will describe it and um if you like the description you know if it seems like what you wanted to take a picture of then you can save it and you can put it on instagram or you can text it out or you could do whatever you want mm-hmm. or you can take another picture um, and you don't have to save it until you get the one that you want um so scene describer is, is also pretty neat yeah, and I, I love that because that's that's my biggest challenge nowadays as my vision continues to change and, you know, decrease over time. Um, you know, so many times when I'm on Twitter or Facebook, you know, just people don't understand the value of alt text or at least a description. Mm-hmm. So it's so great to have a an actual technology that I can use and then know what I'm looking at because, you know, that's the challenge nowadays is, you know, okay, am I looking at a dog or am I looking at a person's face? You know, I don't really know where this person is. Are they in their house Mm -hmm. or are they in Hawaii somewhere on a beach, you know? So (laughs) it's great to know that um, I have a device that can create that for me and then I can share it and, you know, have it basically there for me and then for other people. So, you know, it's, it's just another cool addition and you know, it's something that, again, was added because um, your community that you service asked for it. And, yeah. you know, you continue to give people what they were asking for. You mentioned the recipe. That's recent. That's recent. Didn't that um, yes. just happen this year? Yep. That happened in uh, early 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, the column reader we dropped in the end of 2021, which was a big request that people mm-hmm. had. Um so yeah, we're, we're definitely still trying to drop these major features that people mm-hmm. want. Um, and it's, you know, it's always our goal to, to have that quick turnaround time as mm-hmm. fast as we can Absolutely. to get those, those things out that people are asking for. It's just incredible though. Like, you know, because I don't know, I may, maybe I, I just haven't worked with enough companies yet in my young career, but it's just so amazing to um, hear about these stories of like 
Well, I really wish I could scan a barcode and they can tell me how to cook pancakes. And you're like, mm -hmm. well, we don't do that yet, but um, we can definitely add that if the need's big enough. And then you realize, yep, the big, the need is big enough. So let's, let's help them make pancakes or lasagna or cookies. Yeah. And then you're just like, all right, we're going to add it. It's going to be the next thing that we add. And that continues to be the goal going forward is if we identify something as required, we will work on it and make sure that we can find a way to add it to the, the device. Yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. um, the best way to keep track of that is uh, to sign up for our newsletter. It's at our website, supersense.app. That's mm -hmm. supersense.app. Um, and you can sign up to our newsletter. Um, and we post, uh, of course, info about product updates and what's mm -hmm. coming. Uh, but we post, you know, some marketing stuff if you if you want to take advantage of SuperSenses on sale, mm -hmm. uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Also, uh, though, we highlight a lot of blind professionals. Mm -hmm. I'm working right now on scheduling a clubhouse event with Precious, uh, my incredible fiance. We're going to mm -hmm. be doing uh, an interview, a Q&A uh, about her artistry and, and her music and activism. Um, coming up in April. So mm -hmm. you'll be able to hear about that in our newsletter um, coming out here here soon. They happen they happen monthly, so we're not mm -hmm. spamming you. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not blowing up your not blowing up your inbox. <laughs> but we uh, we also really focus on the community and talk mm -hmm. a lot about um, blind professionals or, you know, what's happening in the community if there's something really important. Mm -hmm. um, we we really try to make that a, an inclusive newsletter that's not just about us and you know what we're doing because mm -hmm. you know that's not that's not, not always the most important thing right exactly um uh, and you know something that we haven't got into yet and we can definitely get into it now if you'd like um is in terms of how you offer it to the public no, um I would not like <laughs> you don't okay no, no, i'm kidding <laughs> all right let's do it <laughs> okay let's do it. but um it's it's That's supposed pretty... to be the surprise, Chad. You're not supposed to know about that. Until it well, their credit card. Uh, I don't I don't know. You don't want them to be angry at you. No. Those hidden true. fees are never bad. Fun. Press is press, but that's not the press we want. Yeah, so, it's that old saying. I guess we should. Any press we should is good talk press. about the monetary. Yeah. I, know, I just it's it's amazing. Of course, um, you know, you still you know, unfortunately, in a perfect world, you would love to offer it to the public for free but of course mm -hmm. then you probably wouldn't have any way to continue creating new patches and updates but um it's true you make it very affordable to the public um you have you. three different plans um if you would like you can definitely share that um you know you have like the, it's like what the monthly the annual and then the lifetime if yeah. you know it so right? well you could share it. <laughs> you got this <laughs> but um, it's great um, because, I, again, and I love how you stress, you know, it's not about competition. Um, you, don't, you don't care that there are other devices and technologies out there that are like SuperSense. Of course, um, it's great. For you, it's important. Everything is great. It's great that there, there are other options if you want them. But mm -hmm. it's amazing that there are many options that people would say are quote unquote maybe more advanced or have more like invested, you know, parties in them, yet they look to you as their go-to. Um, and I think, you know, a part of that is that you definitely make it as affordable to the public as possible. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, because that's, you know, I, I am really glad that there are, you know, there are free options out there. There mm -hmm. are cheaper options out there. Um, 
than SuperSense. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that those options exist because mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, I mean, we, we do charge $5 a month, mm -hmm. uh, $50 annually, or $100 for lifetime access. And that includes um, all of the bug fixes, all of the new features as we're putting them out. We have people who bought SuperSense in, in March of 2020 that are mm -hmm. getting column reader and cooking directions and all that for free because mm -hmm. um, they bought it two years ago. And it's, mm -hmm. it's now coming out or coming around to the time, you know, SuperSense launched on uh, March 5th, 2020. So we're mm -hmm. recording just after our second birthday. And um, now the people who bought Lifetime early, their subscription has already paid off. Um, they're they're already done paying for SuperSense. It's now cheaper for them to have got Lifetime than it would have been to get any other subscription. Mm -hmm. um, but also there are people who, you know, there are so many subscription-based services out there, which is mm -hmm. why we have the Lifetime option. But $100 can be a lot for people. Right. But they also, it's stressful to add that $5 on every month. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the other apps that are like us help us drive to create the best product that we can mm -hmm. um it's not about competition you know i'm mm -hmm. not i'm not going after these guys and saying, mm -hmm. we're better than you and mm -hmm. we're doing this and that like it, it isn't it isn't like that we're all trying to benefit the community mm -hmm. we're all trying to work with the people to create the best product that we can um, and different people will prefer different products uh, mm -hmm. and that's okay um you know that's that's the real world that is a diverse world that we live in um our job is to make the best possible product we can mm -hmm. for our users to do what they need us to do. Um, and we believe that, you know, through our, you know, our work and, and events like this and uh, our users themselves will spread the app out to more and more people mm -hmm. um, because we do want to bring SuperSense to as many people as possible as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, you know, I, I love your approach to this, you know, basically, you know, because I feel there there is a time where maybe it can get a little bit, um, you know, more about like, oh, well, are, are we the best? You know, I, I feel, you know, maybe sometimes people can get a, a big head, um, but I love your approach basically being like, why why should we get a big head or think we're the best? Um, it's It's better and it helps the community better if we just work with everybody else and we basically yeah. we are we keep each other humble yeah exactly and what what's the the need for competition when we're all in the same race working towards the same goal right absolutely mm -hmm. what's what's the need for any of this hostility you know mm -hmm. but yeah i just i love your approach uh, there's my um, guide dog shaking back in the background hello he says hello to everybody. <laughs> My cat says hi. <laughs> well, hello, kitty. <laughs> um, so, you know, talk to me about um, the impact that you have seen with SuperSense. I, I mean, there has to be some incredible stories that you yourself have heard of since, you know, you do work with the community and, um, you know, you do take calls um, throughout the day and the week and the year basically helping people they have problems. I mean, there's there's gotta be some amazing stories and impact that you've seen, you know, basically people just taking back their independence and getting confidence using the device. Yeah, always. You could tell we've had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. These questions are so pointed, they're so targeted. I love it. 
I, I, um, I do try and do my research though too. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. I'm having a great time. Thank you for that. Um, I, so that was, was one of the, the greatest things uh, when, I, when I first started working here. Um, it, it really surprised me and it's my favorite thing um, about working for SuperSense is hearing people's stories and you know, getting to talk to people about uh, what shaped them and who they are. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, amazingly, SuperSense has contributed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I, I cannot describe in words um, what that feeling is like, how humbling it is, um, mm-hmm. how grateful I am for that, and how grateful all of us are for that. Um, I, you know, I've spoken to people who said, you know, because SuperSense launched a week before the pandemic mm-hmm. um, started. And so people were saying, you know, into our, in our first few months and, and year even that they had people that would come over to their house every week or every couple of days and, and read mail or help them sort mail or help them mm-hmm. cook stuff or look, look up things. And, um, and a lot of people have that it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's relatively common, um, especially for people who went blind later in life. Right. Um, and I, I, my personal philosophy is, um, Independence is knowing when to ask for help was a great Mm -hmm. quote that I heard. And and my personal philosophy is if, you know, as long as you're in charge of your Mm -hmm. destiny, of what you're doing, that's okay with me. As long Mm -hmm. as you're doing what you believe in and what you want to do, um, you know, within reason, naturally, Mm -hmm. um, that's all right. And so, but these guys are saying, I didn't, I, I didn't really want to do that. Like I wanted to do it myself and I found mm-hmm. SuperSense and these guys were no longer able to come over and look through these, these documents with mm-hmm. me cause it's a pandemic now. Mm-hmm. And you know, the country was on lockdown for a little bit and they were using SuperSense to read their mail and it just opened up this whole new world of possibilities. And they said, I, I don't need to ask for someone to come to my house anymore mm-hmm. and read this stuff or look through this stuff. Um, and it's amazing to me because SuperSense isn't the first product that could do that. Right. But it's the one that reached them. Um, and it's the one that worked for them, mm-hmm. however that was. Um, and that's, that's really humbling to know that you drive a service that people benefit from, um, you know, as a part of their independence. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. There are companies, you know, that, that I benefit from, you know, on a, on a mental health level mm-hmm. or that I benefit from, you know, a, a great example is the NVDA screen reader mm-hmm. on Windows. Um, I benefit from every minute that I'm on my computer. Um, you know, that's my professional life, my my personal life, anything online, anything digital on this computer in front of me mm-hmm. is driven by NVDA. Mm-hmm. Those guys, what they have contributed to my life indirectly is is immeasurable mm-hmm. you can't quantify that and so i mean i always want to extend my 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 massive thanks to them i mean it's a free screen reader mm-hmm. um i i cannot give them enough credit and enough grace for what they what they have done for me and so the fact that people have have given even a fraction of that feeling to us is pretty extraordinary 
Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a feeling I cannot describe. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a feeling that you as a part of Mediate and SuperSense help contribute to others. Um, and it's just an amazing thing that you do. Um, you are an amazing human being. Um, we are very fortunate to have you a part of the visually impaired community. Um, and, but just um, to have you as a part of this, you know, this existence in general, I think you do a lot of amazing work. Um, we are definitely you, my friend. benefiting right, from gotcha. the work that you're doing. And um, I've definitely, you know, learned a lot I, um, from you today. And um, definitely, I just, I love everything that you're doing. Um, I support it wholeheartedly and I just can't, but just wish you the best and just hope that everything continues to go well for you. I mean, I have to imagine that um, SuperSense isn't just sitting by waiting twiddling its thumbs. I'm pretty sure there's some things that you guys are thinking of <laughs> developing that you can't talk about yet, but we'll see soon. One would um, think. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for those that would love to follow along and make sure that they don't miss out on all the new things that have to do with SuperSense and you yourself, um, what's the best way for people to keep in touch and um, make sure Thank they're you. up to date? Thank you so much. Um, so if you want to check out SuperSense, we are SuperSense AI on the App Store and the Play Store. We are also SuperSense AI on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Check us out at SuperSense AI. I am primarily on Twitter, uh, but I'm also on Clubhouse and Facebook and things like that. Uh, ShaneLow1 is my Twitter and my Clubhouse handle. That's S-H-A-N-E-L-O-W-E-1. Um, and on Facebook, I'm just one of the many Shane Lows out there. Um, <laughs> Any, any support, um, any, uh, you know, all, all, all positivity is, is always welcome. Mm -hmm. So thank you for, for contributing. Chad, seriously, I mean, you're, you're contributing a, a safe space for people to talk about their, their passions, what they love to do, um, and, and just you're, you're creating a space for positive energy. Um, and that's really important, I think, in, in 2022 and, and beyond. I can't see that ever diminishing mm -hmm. in its value. So I mean, thanks so much for everything that you're doing and creating this platform for people like me to come up and and have just a fun conversation. Yeah, it's, it's a really it's a it's a wonderful experience um, from from my perspective, just to know that people are are interested and I cannot express you know enough thanks and, and gratitude for that. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. It's been absolutely amazing to continue getting to know you. Um, I love getting to know you more um, today. And Back at you, man. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> same. How do you think? Uh, of, what do you think of SNM two? By the way, how does it compare for you? Uh, the, the original will always be the best for me. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I always wish they would do "Turn the Page" with an orchestra. Their version of "Turn the Page" is my favorite. Yes, I cover. definitely agree with you there. Um, that I would listen, be amazing. When I when I when I realized that that wasn't the original version, and then listened to the original version, I'm just like. I like the other one better. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I always thought Metallica originally did turn the page. Same. I, I am a Bob Seger fan, though. I saw the farewell tour with Grand Funk Railroad. Mm -hmm. Bob Seger rocks. There's some great music there. Um, All right. Well, always you, happy to talk to you. You guys, while we continue to talk about music, I'm going to let you all 
Have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much for Do listening it. to the podcast. Thank you I to my you. amazing guest, Shane Lowe of Mediate and Super Sense. Appreciate you Thank so you, much, man. sir. For all of you that are listening, if you would like to ask me any questions to pass along to Shane, again, CM Bouton, B-O-U-T-O-N. That is CM Bouton at Yahoo.com. Of course, the podcast is on Twitter at 2200 Hindsight. That's 2200-200-200 Hindsight. Again, that's where you can find me in the podcast. Also on Facebook at Hindsight is 20 slash 200. Thanks again so much for listening. I'm your host as always, Chad Michael Bouton, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.